Welcome to the Serial Serial, the AV Club's podcast about a podcast. Every week or so, a few Onion Inc. staffers will be talking about the most recent happenings around Serial, one of the most popular and addictive podcasts on iTunes. I'm AV Club Associate Editor Mara Eakin, joined as always by AV Club Editor-in-Chief Josh Modell, and this week we're joined by ClickHole's Anthony Easton. First off, Anthony, we already start, we always start with this. Catch us up, like, who do you think did it? What do you think happened? What's your theory? Um, I think um, how I feel about Serial as a whole is best described, as far as my theory, in the way that Dana put it in the last episode of Serial, kind of more, if you look at this logically, there's a lot of coincidences that Adnan has to explain, and um, I feel like Sarah Koenig uh, kind of spun the wheels quite a bit in the story uh, to make the tone fit what she was trying to say. When 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 you look at the logic, this case almost doesn't seem like a case that was worthy to be told in a way like that. And um, I believe, uh, as far as the Jay interviews... Well, I was going to say that really plays into where we're going with this week's episode is because Jay Wilds, the the star know, witness, the star witness or quote mm-hmm. or maybe villain or whatever of Serial, did a three part surprise Christmas miracle interview with The Intercept, <laughs> uh, a publication that I'm sure we're all very familiar with um, or are now are more familiar with now because I had never read The Intercept and now I'm like, hey, this is pretty good. Like uh, yeah, I mean, if it's if this has done nothing else, it's brought uh, some <laughs> some uh, publicity to the Intercept, which is uh, actually a really cool site started by uh, one of the guys who founded eBay, oh. and then the lead editorial voice on the site is Glenn Greenwald, who is uh, a really great political reporter, um, one of the people who broke the um, Edward Snowden stuff, uh, and is a remarkably smart person. So I'm I'm glad to see people. Uh, yeah, I thought it was interesting that they got the Jay interview. I'll say that, like, that it wasn't, like, the New York Times or the, you know. I wonder if they just saw the Facebook post and, and pursued it most Went heavily. first. <laughs> yeah. Or, or actually, she explained it somewhere else, uh, the woman who wrote it. People were like, how did she get it? And she's like, I asked. We talked. He liked me. We did it. Yeah. <laughs> Something so, like that. There you go. We should have done it. Anyway, but, yeah, we should talk about um, the interview and what impact this might have. Um, I think... You know, in a way, it's uh, it's a strike against Sarah Koenig that she could never get this guy to talk, and yet here he is. He's going to talk and talk and talk and talk um, <laughs> about uh, what he says happened. What I thought was really interesting, um, I'll say what I made of his interview in a minute, but I, but I thought the online um, reactions to his interview were really interesting because they were so clearly all they did was reinforce whatever people believed. Yes. <laughs> it was like... Well, obviously, like he's just lying and he's just lying some more. And this is why he's lying, because clearly he did it. And and other people are, you know, well, it just makes the case against Adnan that much stronger. Yeah. Rabia was like, came out like, oh, look, at he's more lies from Jay. Da, 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 da. So which I don't understand what he's lying about his when you kind of look at what he's saying and you even go back to the one episode of Serial where they brought in the investigator that Sarah Canning's bring up, well, the inconsistencies in a story. And he says, well, when you look at a story, there's not really inconsistencies that matter. And like the main things still remain the same. And that's the exact same way I felt after I read uh, Jay's interview was he's being consistent on what I think are the most important things. And I, every time I see somebody kind of talk about how he's lying, I, I just don't ever, I always say, what, what is his motivation for lying? You know, if you break this down, all the logical hoops you have to jump through to assume that Jay would um, just fabricate this entire story about seeing 
this dead girl that he really didn't know that he was roped into when just because of this, all these little inconsistencies about, Oh mate, he wasn't up on a cliff or something. It just doesn't ever make sense. to me. I think the the point people are trying to make with that is he's just painting him as a liar. Like if you, if you're telling these different stories, you must just be lying and they're not, and there's a couple of sort of let's call them bombshells because, hey, we got bombshells <laughs> this week. Uh, there are a couple big inconsistencies that bother me a little bit. And I, you know, one of them I wish um, that the woman from The Intercept, Natasha Vargas Cooper, I believe is her name, mm-hmm. uh, had asked. And that was um, in his statement to the police, he said uh, when they were burying Hay, the Hay's body was there. And that, you know, she was laying there. He made some reference to it. I don't know exactly what it was. Uh, The trial transcripts are not online, although Rabia Chaudhry is putting them online (laughs) slowly. Uh, And then in this new version of the story, she's off up up a hill around a corner in the trunk of her own car. Um, The only time Jay sees her is when the trunk is popped. And that's the other big inconsistency is where is this trunk popped? Um, And to me, uh, I hate to say it because the the pro-add-on forces are going to hate this, but... um, it seemed like a believable story to me. It, it, Jay's yeah. story got more believable to me that, you know, I'm picturing myself a 17 year old and a 17 year old weed dealer, maybe, uh, how much of a weed dealer. It's Loves hard to his say. Grandma. Uh, yeah. Live with grandma. Doesn't <laughs> want his grandma. Doesn't want to get in trouble. And if you're 17 and you maybe are going to go to jail for five years for selling weed, you know, maybe in your crazy 17 year old brain, you are going to help somebody or at least, you know, help them cover up. Yeah. A, and you're going to set weird arbitrary lines in your mind that are, well, I'll help you, but I won't touch her or I'll help you, but, uh, you know, yeah, you that have to weird put stuff her seems in the believable like, Yeah. To me. <laughs> yeah. And I also think too, like if you're 17, weed is probably a huge thing in your mind. So like if you're going to get caught with weed, that's probably a big deal anyway. But even that, I, I don't know. I think it's impossible to know how you would react if even as Jay says, you know, he doesn't quite know Adnan. Adnan's just somebody that always calls him when he needs something. Yeah, right? they've hung and, out two or three times. Right, and when this kid that is smarter than you and is in all the magnet programs comes up to your house, pops his trunk, and you just see a, a dead body in there, and he says, you know, you're gonna, you got to help me. What or do you, what do, you, you. do? Right. I mean, every, I think everybody's going to take the moral high ground and say, no, but if you put yourself in the mind of like a 17-year-old kid who isn't, the most intelligent person probably in that school or most intelligent 17 year old, not even in the magnet program, not even the magnet program. But, um, I just, I, I totally understand. I'm not condoning, but I totally understand where a kid could get roped into that, that way. It's, it's a weird story, but it's, it's actually strangely the most believable version of his story that he's, that we've seen, I think. But, you know, I will say I'll play devil's advocate or Adnan's advocate, uh, even though he's got plenty of those, um, and say, that yes, Jay has had the entire run of cereal and all the years before it to think of the very best answer <laughs> for any question he might be asked. Yeah, very detailed. Well, she was wearing pantyhose. Uh, right. I got her a, a gold necklace that cost seventy to eighty dollars. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it was all very specific. He's, but, he said that he didn't know if it was a necklace or a oh, bracelet. That's true. So he Sorry. wasn't sure. But, but he could he have been secretly. Well, never mind. And Adnan's also one that never has a story. So he's had the same amount of time and is always just kind of like, I don't know what I did. Yeah, you know what's less weird... believable to me or, or makes less sense uh, as one of the things from the very first, ep- one of the first episodes of Serial where Adnan has this whole, like, I don't remember anything from that day. And isn't that totally believable how I wouldn't remember it because it was just this normal day? Like, 
at, in the, one of the first episodes, you're like, yeah, I, I totally, I'm with that. You don't remember any day. And then later, as it gets deeper and deeper, like that seems less and less believable. It just seems like, how can I not fuck up my lies? Well, I can, I can just say I don't remember anything. And then I'm not lying because I'm not... Uh, I'm not giving too many details, and whereas Jay is giving you know way too many details. And it's unfair to hold Jay to the standard of making sure all of his details are exactly the same every time, and then allow Adnan to be like, "Well, I don't remember." You know, I think that's that true. I think that that's uh, a double standard a little bit there. Yeah. I here's another question I, I wish had been asked at this intercept uh, interview, and that is, how much were you coached by the police? Like, did they ask you to, to finesse your story or change your story in any way? Like, where did that change for you? Um, and uh, I'd be very curious to see because, I, I mean, you have to imagine that there's something to do with there. I mean, there's the thing that always bothered me about, like, in one story he's going to Patapsco Park and then all of a sudden that's not important anymore. Well, maybe that, when he was, maybe that was when he was still jerking the police around. Like, he said he didn't. Right really cooperate until he absolutely had to. And until he knew that they weren't going to prosecute him. Yeah. I mean, there obviously is a conversation here somewhere that was did not place on, take place on tape where they were like, mm-hmm. you're not getting busted for anything else. <laughs> like, help us out. Um, so I don't know. I mean, that, that timeline, I, I said this already a bunch of times, and that timeline just makes the most sense to me. Um, and, and also jibes totally with the, like, Adnan has to be sort of the unluckiest guy around the timeline that jay laid out like in the story where he said okay i you know i saw him during last period he was skipping then he said he had to go to practice then he called me and said he killed her right but then he was gone for a few hours yeah i mean i think the the pro adnan side is sort of really parsing that timeline a lot which to me is less important than sort of figuring out these what the motivations seem to be um the other thing that I, that i thought and i think i don't think anyone disputes the whole uh, when Jay is about to take the stand, Adnan says, pathetic. Jay's story is the story that makes the most sense with <laughs> Adnan saying pathetic to him. Why would he say pathetic? Like, it's a weird, you know, that it's a word that sort of implies that they had an agreement in a weird way. Um, maybe not, or maybe I'm reading too much into it and he's just saying, you know. What, what was Jay's story again? He said, he like, says he doesn't, he didn't know what Adnan said. He said mm-hmm. he understood from other people, I believe this is what he said, that he understood from other people that Adnan said something to him, mm-hmm. but I don't think he understood it to be the word pathetic. Pathetic? Pathetic. Which um, <laughs> also kind of goes into what Jay talks about a little bit in the interviews, I think, is um, the entertainment value that I think Kane yeah. tried to bring to Serial, which I think, think little details like that, that Adnan whispered pathetic under his breath, you know, at the mm-hmm. trial, all these little details that don't really matter if what you're actually trying to get to in this case is whether or not Adnan did it, in my opinion, to where I thought what this Intercept uh, interview did so well was reporting, you know, just letting <laughs> Jay well, sort of. kind of, kind of is an interview sense of letting Jay just sort of tell his, his story. You kind of just, you get it that way. And there's no editorializing in any way. And I, I found that really refreshing. And that was what I found so frustrating about serial as it went on was that it turned from what I thought was reporting into a story about Sarah Koenig reporting the story. And it was nice to get that step back and to not see Jay as, you know, this, um, how do they put it? The, uh, man with animal rage Mm. that when they sat down and interviewed him in his house, you know, where they tracked him down through the internet with this family that's afraid of all this, uh, publicity of their family and that all these people think that he did this 
in the Reddit community, which is, which is crazy anyway, as far as like tracking people down, um, finding his address and how Sarah Koenig says, Oh, we found you. It wasn't that hard. And then coming into his house and upsetting his wife and his children. And then, you know, kind of leaving and then having them, I will never forget now after reading Jay's interview here, the episode where they go and they interview Jay and when they get out and they're in the car, it's like they just finished some sort of awesome game or race where they're so excited. And then they're talking about, Oh, his animal rage. And that, just is, that, that may of, be like the most biased two words in <laughs> all of cereal. And it, and it, it didn't occur to me as much until reading Jay's interview. And mm-hmm. like, clearly it sort of, uh, struck a chord with him because yeah, animal like, Especially if you're just if we're if we believe him and he's just scared for himself, his address is going to be published online. All this Wish it was. stuff is coming. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Then you know to have that characterized as animal rage, maybe it's animal fear. You know, mm-hmm. and, and um, they it, it did really, I think, betray a bias um, against Jay. And and obviously, if you're a reporter, whether you're doing it consciously or not, the person who's going to spill their guts to you, whether it's the truth or not is going to get your sympathy much more than the person who's, you know, refuses to talk to you. And obviously that makes you look guilty. Yeah. And it made Adnan, I think, and it also, look really guilty at trial. And to me, it also that just hearing him talk about that point, it makes me wonder what the motivation for Koenig to put that soundbite into, you know, to put that sort of after interview racing back to the car, you know, their immediate like reactions to it and that sort of excitement as opposed to a more, let's think about what we just did. Yeah type reaction and ambush this guy at his house with exactly living paycheck Um, to paycheck blue collar you know right they they kind of they kind of think they got him they think they kind of think they got you know they've cracked the nut and you know maybe really his house and waited for him to show up and and a couple like small details about jay that i that was revealed in this interview that i thought were very telling that you never got in the serial podcast is that he was with he said he was with stephanie for you know junior high through junior in college or whatever and he's clearly been married and he's got two kids so there's he has an ability to hold like relationships and you know so he's clearly not just some psychopathic yeah maniac that i think a lot of people paint him as like this plotting man and mm. I, I don't know i think that there was drug some dealer. small drug dealing person who has a lot in his past that he's probably tried to move on from and you know and it's uh it kind of just made me feel kind of sad at some points for that, so. so let me ask you, since you're solidly in the Adnan did it camp, do you think there was enough evidence to convict him, or are you in the? I don't think there was necessarily enough evidence to convict him camp. Um, I don't. I don't. I at this moment, because I've never seen all the evidence or what it is, I would have to by default say that there's not enough evidence to convict him because I've never like I've never read the court docs. I've never seen all of the evidence, so I think by default I have to say that. Um, but I will definitely fall into that camp of. The coincidences are too much, um, but to say that I don't have reasonable doubt is—I I have to have reasonable doubt, you know, because there's no way you cannot have reasonable doubt unless you know you're on that jury and you've seen everything. Yeah, so, we've also heard answer. a lot of stuff that the jury didn't hear, and if we had heard, if we read only what the jury saw, only what they heard, and we said, okay, well, Jay is obviously not lying because he gave an oath, da-da-da-da-da. He seems believable on the stand. He seems believable. uh, Christina Gutierrez seems like a badger. Um, Credit to him because I I couldn't even listen to Susan Gutierrez talk on that podcast. So anybody that had to testify with that stepping out um, (laughs) run of hers. Yeah, it's rough. It's rough. 
Should we do that? Uh, yeah, we, want, we have more stuff we want to get to, but sure. first, uh, we should talk about how the cereal cereal is brought to you by Audible.com, which is offering you, our lucky listeners, a free audiobook of your choice and a free 30-day trial membership. Just go to audible.com slash avclub, and you can choose from 150,000 titles and start listening on your phone or tablet or other gadget, something you got over the holidays, perhaps. That's audible.com slash avclub. Josh, yes. do you have a book you'd recommend people downloading, or maybe something true crime related? Well, actually, for my pick this week, I've moved away from true crime uh, and into some heavy crime fiction, and I'm recommending uh, an excellent 2011 book by a guy named Donald Ray Pollock. Uh, the book is called The Devil All the Time, uh, and the audiobook is read by uh, this actor named Mark Bramhall, who reads like every audiobook uh, because he does it so well. Um, Pollock uh, was this guy from uh, Ohio, much like yourself. Uh, Mara, and uh, he was worked in a paper mill, uh, the Mead paper mill, and he was a truck driver until he was like 50, and then he decided to start writing, and he wrote this amazing collection of short stories, and then this novel in 2011, um, and it's this sort of hyper-violent, uh, scary, but r- super well-written story about a serial killer couple uh, who photographed their victims, uh, and then in a sort of parallel story, a boy whose family is kind of falling apart, and how their paths cross eventually, and it's totally gripping. And I don't want to say anything more than that other than, you know, it, it did fairly well when it came out, but I feel like, uh, not enough people read it. So you can download it if you, if you can't read, uh, or even if you can read and you just want to hear it, uh, you can download it at audible.com slash AV club. I mean, yeah, Jay's wife was reading him the, the serial transcripts, but he never listened to serial. Hmm. So, so it's like an audiobook. Yeah. Anthony, I have a question for you. You said that you didn't like how Serial became about Sarah Koenig. How much of that do you think was the listeners wanting to have someone to have a story about? And how much of it do you think was Sarah Koenig making that story about herself? Um, I think I think it was mostly Sarah Koenig making the story about herself. I think there's a few really good examples. Um, one example that drove me kind of up a wall when I heard it, um, and I'm being very hard on this podcast right now, but you're um, so mean to Sarah. I, I just, I, 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 it's, it's interesting because I, I think the one point where I realized, wow, this really is about Sarah Koenig is the, um, I'm forgetting exactly what episode it is, but it's the one where she talks about how rough of a year she's had with the, you know, the passing of like her stepfather and her father, which I, I don't understand why that is being told in the story and why, um, why we have to hear uh, the w- and even the way she sort of talks to Adnan and how she um, she is the one character in the story that I don't think people are talking enough about because she's clearly a character in the story. Um, I think d- no matter what she says in her emails to Jay, she has a very clear motivation and she believes. I think she deep down does believe Adnan, and I think at one point this became more about her personal search to find evidence exonerating Adnan than it was to tell the story of how Adnan didn't do this. There's probably a, bun- a bunch of layers, especially because she was reporting up until the end, because then it also becomes about your career, how people are looking at you, uh, how you want to do well, how you want to have something to show for this. And then you, you kind of get into this weird spiral, I guess. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like where you'd say, okay, well, I have to have some sort of ending because people, uh, hundreds of thousands of people are going to want an ending and they all know my name and it's my project and, you know. But I feel like if you're going to start this this sort of type of thing, you should yeah. be able to handle <laughs> that. And um, I, I think a lot of issues I had with, with her tone where how she talked to people some points. Uh, one of them specifically was with 
um, Adnan's mom, mm-hmm. uh, sort of, because Adnan's mom believes, you know, they set him up as because of his his Muslim faith and and just I, I can't remember exactly, but I think she says something like "really," kind of like that. And it's just this weird tone that she uses throughout the series a lot. That um, I think that the series as a whole, um, in the last half of it, started taking that tone and was spinning its wheels really hard when. Uh, almost anybody that would kind of come in and discuss the case from a logical standpoint, um, it just it didn't fit with what Sarah Koenig, I think, was trying to do with the story, and that hampered it quite a bit. I, I do want to say that I thought the last episode did a really good job of kind of pulling it back in and sort of getting back to just sort of talking about this this story That's as opposed to... you love to, that Dana. <laughs> this, I, I also felt that way before Dana came, but once Dana came in, I might have stood up and just started... Dancing a little bit, but you want the Dana spinoff yeah. series, Team Team Dana. It's interesting. I, I'm not quite as willing to indict Sarah in the way that you are. I think she was a person who was sort of trying to tell a story as a person who's not a crime reporter, and then she was sort of forced to become a crime reporter. And I think crime reporters probably have uh, much thicker skin and much. They're probably much more suspicious, generally speaking, of the people that they're talking to. Whereas somebody who's coming from this American life is like. You're just talking to people about their lives or whatever. You're not, you know. But she was a reporter, reporter, right? She was a reporter, reporter, but I don't think she's like the, I don't, I mean, maybe I'm totally wrong and she can call us and tell us, but like, I don't know. I don't think she she did the whole Gutierrez investigation. Yeah, but uh, I don't think she was necessarily talking to people who, whose lives are on the line who are going to lie to her. I I think it's, I think it's human nature, uh, for most humans anyway, to assume that someone who sounds sincere and is, is willing to have lengthy conversations with you is not just lying to you like you don't you don't i think any of us in this room if we had talked to to adnan for long enough 40 hours for 40 hours and he stuck to his story and sounded consistent and sounded believable i mean one of these dudes is lying one of these dudes is (laughs) is just flat out lying right and they and and all the so this you know to me this intercept interview goes a long way to evening the playing field uh by giving both of them the chance to say, you know, to sort of tell their side of the story, which whichever one is lying, but one of them's lying, right? <laughs> so yeah. one of them is really convincing and lying. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, in my mind, like, if I have to pick one, uh, on balance, I think it's Adnan that's lying. Um, the other thing I wanted to bring up about, about the Intercept interview is Jay changes the story now to his grandma's house. That's where he saw the body. What logical reason in the world at all would he, why would he not lie? Uh, I mean, what I'm saying, I, this is, I'm not making any sense. Why would he change that story now? It does him no good. It can get him theoretically thrown in jail for perjury, for substantially for changing his story. That not that he saw it at the Best Buy parking lot, but that he saw it at his grandma's that house. That he saw it at his grandma's house. And not only that, but he basically says in this interview, Intercept interview that he was lying in court on purpose and lying to the police on purpose in order to protect his grandma. So he had a logical reason to lie. Mm-hmm. Now he has, you know, now he, you know, at least he theoretically, and again, he's had 15 years to think about this. He's going to say, oh, I, I really, it really happened in front of my grandma's house. Uh, and here's why. And it's I a totally logical way. reason. Um, so, I mean, I, I found the fact that he changed his story made him more credible. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's interesting because um, Adnan has absolutely nothing to lose by lying. Uh, to anyone. He's still right? in jail. He's still in jail. <laughs> Whereas, like you said, Jay kind of changing his story a little bit at this point, even, I'm sure when he says this, 
he already knows that somebody's going to point it out that it's different because he addresses it directly that this is different than what I said before. Um, and like you said, he's got a lot to lose by saying this and he really, and he, and he's got a lot to gain by coming out as well, but there's also a lot to lose by, you know, clarifying points that might've been lies in the past. So that's, I think that kind of breaks down to me too, why I think Jay becomes more believable in a way. Um, just because you, there's clear ways of seeing what he has to lose by participating. And the, and the irony is that the pro Adnan camps now feel like this interview could theoretically get Adnan out of jail because it makes Jay a perjurer. Which Barely, would, though. <laughs> well, <laughs> still, okay. it may, if you're, you're either are or you aren't, right? I mean, and which, you know, in theory could sort of negate all of his testimony. And then he, if they had a retrial, he wouldn't be able to testify again because the uh, attorney, mm-hmm. well, he would be able to testify, but they'd say, well, he lied before. Why should you believe him now? Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe he ends up... Uh, freeing Adnan here by trying to uh, get his own life in order. I thought he had a lot of really interesting things to say in the interview about how this hasn't, testifying didn't really make him feel better. It just felt like something he had to do. And it's never really made him feel great, but it just felt like something that, that was necessary. And that even now, 15 years later, he's getting all this shit from Reddit and people who think he's guilty and Podcasts and everyone knows his name and where he lives and blah, blah, blah. And it, it made him a really sympathetic character, I guess, because mm-hmm. it's not something he had. I mean, I don't know. It's not something that he felt compelled to do. It was just something like, well, I was in the wrong place at the wrong time. I made a really bad decision mm-hmm. over the course of like an hour when I was 17. <laughs> and, and now here I am 15 years later. Yeah. I, I, yeah. He's a... Uh... He wasn't having a good time, it didn't <laughs> seem like, no matter what happened. Um, did you want to talk a little bit, Mara, about how uh, the Reddit stuff and how it's sort of Jay talks about how it affected his life? I mean, yeah. m- my take on it was that he, um, I don't I don't really feel a ton of sympathy for Jay for mm-hmm. having people take photos of his house. Like, I don't want anyone it's to do scary, harm to him. right? Josh, if people were outside your house from the trial, like, if you're... the Case yeah, but I also on. am accessory after the fact and theoretically helped bury a body and okay. didn't go to jail at all. So, like, I may take that as my punishment. Like, <laughs> all right, don't, don't, like, don't harm me or anything. But it could be his punishment. But I bet he feels bad for his wife and kids. Oh, I'm sure. You know I, I mean, mean? it and sucks. Like, people shouldn't be her. going to his house, obviously. But like, that's not what I want to hear about in an interview <laughs> with Jay. What I want to hear about in an interview with Jay is somebody. I'd really love to hear Robbie Ashadri interview Jay and be like, where exactly, you know, here's what happened, supposed to happen at this time. Why did you change your story? Because she obviously knows it point by point by point um, and has points on her blog that she needs or would, you know, would like to have refuted and, mm-hmm. and points that she thinks are inconsistent or that changed uh, massively from one story to the next. Maybe we can set that up next week on the Serial Serial. <laughs> a really, like, <laughs> Robbie, uh, talks to Jay. angry interview between two people that probably don't like each other or don't want to talk. Yeah. We can do it. We yeah. Could, we could, like, role play it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, do you guys have anything else to say on the uh, on the whole, like, Jay's privacy thing? Hopefully it'll get a little bit better for him, I'm even sure. if he did it or didn't do it. Or Yeah, I think, I mean, it's, I, I do think that this will settle down a little bit. Um, as I mean, even like over the holidays, I think I, I guess I don't have, uh, any numbers back it up, but I just don't, I feel like the serial craze has kind of died down a little bit, but, um, you do hope for at least the sake of his family that it kind of goes away 
you know, I think that it is kind of a sad thing that 15 years ago this thing happened and it seemed to have been put to bed and it seems like all the the right and logical things happened and then 15 years later this reporter digs it all up with this sort of tone of I'm going to solve this, you know, this murder that this falsely imprisoned man's in and then let me go through this whole story and by the end it kind of seems like they might have gotten it right. right. So I just dug up all this all these scars and old wounds from 15 years ago for no clear thesis or point. Yeah, it's not not a very Hollywood story. Like, yeah, I, <laughs> oh yeah, I, turn turn out he did it. Yeah, okay. there's they got it right, but in the wrong way. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean that's what I kind of would like to ask is kind of what was the point of serial? You know, like why the this man's privacy? You know, that's kind of that goes all back to um, you know Jay's privacy right now. And was the point that serial is trying to make worth that? And I don't know what the point Serial trying to make was, so I would say no. Yeah. I mean, I don't think she knew. I, I, that's why, yeah. actually, I, you know, I'm, I'm, like I said before, less inclined to sort of indict the show because I don't think the show knew what the show was. The show was just like, here's our kind of ongoing investigation, which maybe is unusual. Maybe they even thought that, maybe you can even tell that, sorry, that they, that they thought that when they were talking to Jay because they were like, oh, we're doing this for This American Life. Mm. We're doing this for a documentary. She never said that it was She was not be. transparent about what it was. Although, like, maybe According she really didn't know, you know. Uh, maybe she thought it would be a, a one-hour This American Life story, and then it just started getting bigger or something. I, you know, who really knows, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I don't feel like I wasted my time listening to Serial. I think it was, it's an interesting case. I like to hear about, you know, court cases. I think that's the sort of thing I'm interested in. I, I think we'll see more happen. We have this DNA testing that's, theoretically going to happen, uh, which I guess will be our next episode, whenever that is <laughs> three years from now or whenever they yeah. get around to testing it. Um, but yeah, I still, I don't have a ton of confidence that it's, um, that it, there will be much of a resolution. Um, you know, the only bombshell that could happen, I guess, is if they test DNA, the DNA test stuff and there's Jay's DNA on it because they'll have a lot more explaining to do at that point. But if it was found at the grave site, he was at the grave site, right? Yeah. It's true. So, says I mean, he never touched the body, though. Yeah, but he might have drank that Mad Dog forty right. twenty twenty or forty forty or whatever. That was <laughs> or if he's there. in the grave digging and his hair gets in there, I mean, yeah. it's well. I think they're testing specific items, but I can't remember. Sure, what they are. but I thought it was that bottle as well. Mm-hmm. And if yeah. he was there, yeah. It's like sorry, so I tell you, I was drinking while we were. I mean, thinking, there's something right? that uh, that it did accomplish. If it accomplished anything, it's like it's going to get the DNA is going to get tested. Which should have happened. Which should, yeah, should certainly happen. should have happened. And uh, you know, Jay is telling what he would tell us is a complete, a more complete picture mm-hmm. of what happened. I still want to know. I, you know, I don't know if we ever heard. Maybe you guys remember on uh, on the many hours of interviews with Adnan. Do we ever hear Adnan say, "I absolutely did not do this," or does he just sort of say, "Like I don't really have to." You know, I'm not going to really dignify know. that with I know that he's like, look, look, I just want to put this out there. Like, you be the judge, which is sort of like some shitty, guilty stuff to me now. But I might I might be wrong, but I think there's one point where Sarah – I could totally be wrong. So I think there's one point where Sarah Canning does say, did you kill Hay? And he just says no. Mm-hmm. Um, I might be wrong. Silent Gus saying yes. Producer Gus, yeah. producer says yes. Okay. Um, so that's not on me if I'm wrong anymore. Yeah. Uh. Uh, but yeah, I think I think that does happen at least once. I'm sure Sarah Koenig had to ask him point blank. Yeah. Well, yeah. he should have testified. Uh, I think. I mean, and that's obviously like you know armchair quarterbacking. But uh, 
maybe if he, by one of these methods, he gets a new trial, he'll testify and he'll have to convince a jury and Jay will have to convince a jury and it'll be a whole big mess. I'd feel kind of bad now if he got out, though. (laughs) I don't know. I'd be like, I guess he deserved to get out, but I don't feel great about him getting out. As as hard as I am on the show and everything and how I feel about what Adam did, I wouldn't feel that (laughs) bad if he got out of prison, if there wasn't enough evidence, even if he did do it, because it's... It's much better to have you know, a guilty man walk than an innocent man in jail. So if there wasn't enough evidence to convict him, even if he did it, I don't think he should be in jail. Um, just because that sets... I don't know, that's just how I, how I feel anyway. So it's kind of if he gets out because of yeah. whatever happens, then more power to him. He beat the system, but... Um, or did he? Or did he? <laughs> I don't know. You know. So that's kind of the thing, but... Um, he served 15 years. I liked how he was like... Well, I mean, this is getting long, but I liked how, A, he was like, the only person that really deserves answers is Hayes' mom. If Hayes' mom wants to ask me questions, I'll tell her everything. Mm. It's like, okay, that's valid. Um, And then how he was like, nothing is going to change. No evidence is going to come from me. Nothing is going to change the fact that I saw this body in this trunk. Period. I was trying to put myself in in the place of the jury having read these Jay interviews now. Because if I'm on the jury... And I'm just a regular Joe, which I'm totally not. But if I were... <laughs> a regular Josh. A regular jury Josh. <laughs> and what I'm getting at trial is, you know, the cell phone stuff, blah, blah, blah. Like, But then I'm getting Jay on the stand telling me a story that this guy that he sort of knew made some vague comments about killing his girlfriend, showed him the body. I mean, that's testimony. That's eyewitness testimony. I saw the body. He showed me the body. That's evidence that he murdered her. I mean, mm. you can put one and one together. Like, if I'm on that jury, I, you know, they took three hours to convict him, which is nothing. I was on a in a fucking jury room for four days about something <laughs> way less important than this, and nobody could agree on anything. Uh, and you know, to me, it's like he. I think it would have been whole a whole different thing if Adnan had spoken to a jury instead of 15 years later speaking to a reporter. Yeah, it would be interesting if they both had amazing, great lawyers too. That yeah, would have really poked holes in Jewish cases. But, but then we wouldn't get to hear the uh, Christina Gutierrez speak. Yes, um, <laughs> that the one point that I guess I just remembered that I wanted to say about Jay's interview too was that I'm glad that he addressed that. There's a lot of things that he's he shouldn't be held responsible to know the answers to, like uh, Adnan's motivation or how the relationship was or how he did it or where it happened and stuff like that as opposed to, you know, I saw the body. This is where I saw it. This is where we took it. This is where we buried it. This is where the car was. You know, that's, and I think that's a, it's something to remember too, in a way where it's, um, just because Jay was that sort of accessory to this doesn't mean that he has all the answers to the crime, which I think is, unless he did it. I mean, unless he did it. Unless he did it. Yeah. Uh, do you want to do the, uh, yeah, I should note, uh, you know, to wrap the show up, that I, we were glad to have Anthony Super Logical Easton here, and that the, <laughs> while the first season of Serial is over, the Serial Serial isn't. We'll be back again next week with a behind-the-scenes interview, and uh, we'll be back some other times whenever stuff pops up around the case and we feel like we should get in a, in a hot room and talk on some mics. Um, thanks, everyone, so much for listening to the Serial Serial. If you like our show, tell your friends and review the show on iTunes.
Uh, the Serial Serial is brought to you by Audible.com. You can download a free uh, audiobook and get a 30-day trial at audible.com slash AV Club. Mm-hmm.